0: If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8. I want to mention that it is an honor to be able to minister behind this pulpit. We have the greatest ministers, and I I know you know that, greatest pastor, greatest bishop. They preach all around the world, well known, and we get to have them as our very own leadership. Amen. What an honor, and what an honor to be behind this pulpit to uh, follow them. Uh, last week we had Pastor V bring the word on Sunday morning, and it was just powerful anointing. Uh, then we had Brother Dr. Braden Anderson, MD, Reverend Braden Anderson, and he tore it up. Telling his, his history, how he got in church. And how he reaches the lost Amen If we could all do that This place would be full to the max We'd have to hurry that building up But uh, it's encouraging To hear that kind of a testimony and Then next week we have Brother Jacob Bateman On Sunday morning and If you haven't heard him He's around 20 years old He's, he's uh, along the generation As is, is, uh, I guess you would say Like Austin Kind of gets with it <laughs> Powerful young man I'm looking forward to that And then Sunday evening we have Brother Corey Porterfield Who is an awesome minister in his own right Pastoring up in uh, Walnut, Mississippi And right in between all that great preaching They have me (laughs) You know what the problem is With having the greatest preachers all the time At some point you gotta have somebody else you can't be the greatest every time amen Amen. Uh, Bishop T.F. Tenney once said uh, and I, I've mentioned this before but he, he coined the phrase uh, do you know what, what's wrong with bucket seats who remembers the bucket seats in the old cars you have to go back a little bit in age but I remember them as a kid I, I believe I even had a car that had some in it but uh He said, do you know what's wrong with bucket seats? It's it's that not everyone has the same size bucket. (laughs) And I say that because uh, I don't minister like everybody else. I have my own place. But somebody's going to fit in whatever bucket I throw out there. And it's going to be for somebody. And they're going to need this word tonight. And the Lord's going to use me and anoint me. And I'm believing for great things. Amen? If you want to uh, turn, you've already turned. But if if you're ready to read with me, Galatians 6, 7 through 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Amen. Let's go before the Lord. God, I thank you. Father, I thank you for your many blessings, Lord. I thank you for these precious people that you've put out here before me, Lord. I pray, God, that you would speak through me, Lord, to say the exact same things you would have me to say and nothing more, nothing less, Lord. Help it to be anointed, Lord Jesus. And I give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Tonight, I want to speak to us about what goes in must come out. Amen. Today we live in a society that is constantly wanting to be entertained. Whether it's movies they watch or TV shows, games they play, electronic devices that keep their attention. Everyone fills their time up with stuff. Because of this, people have drawn away from traditional values. They've drawn away from family values. They don't spend as much time with family. And that goes along with church. They don't spend much as much time with church as they need to. They've drawn away from this. And, uh, but most importantly, all this time staying busy has drawn them away from God Almighty. We are surely living in the last days. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 9. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and leave captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Now, if there ever was a time when this was true, it is this day and time that we live in. Hollywood has been putting filth in the, on the television for years now. Filth that is demeaning to women. Filth that, that previous generations would think impossible to think of. Things that are clearly abominations to God are considered commonplace. This society has traded morality for lustful desires. Even the government pushes the idea that it's okay for women to act and dress like men, and men to act and dress like women. And what is sad about all of this is that this younger generation is watching it all happen. They're taking it in. And they see it every day. School systems promote gender neutrality now. You can be known by whatever pronoun or that you desire, and you, you better not disagree with them, or you are considered the troublemaker. You're the bigot. You're the hater. If you're a man and you want to be called she, that's your prerogative. They've even gone so far to say if you want to be called a cat or a dog, that's your prerogative. I heard of a place in Indiana when I was visiting up there not too long ago. My sister-in-law said in her very own town, just a suburb of Indianapolis, they had kitty litter boxes in their school for those children that thought they were kittens. We live in a horrible time. The fact remains that the Bible, science, and history, and nature itself agree on this matter that there are only two genders. There are many devils, many types of mental disorders, but still only two genders. We have to be careful what we lend our minds to in the minds of our innocent children. Amen? There is a natural law in life that is simply what goes in must come out. Now this is, not, this is true not only in the food and drinks that we consume. But also in the things that we expose ourselves to. What goes in must come out. It's a fact of life but also of the spirit. What are we feeding our eternal souls? The things that we watch. Do they edify or do they tear us down? The things that we allow in our lives and our minds. Are they affecting how we live for God? Eventually, these are the things that will become, that we will become. If you hang around sin long enough, eventually you will find nothing wrong with it. Because it has become a part of who you are. If you find yourselves doing things that you know not to do, or are dealing with sins that you can't seem to conquer, that is a good inclination that you have ungodly influences in your life. What goes in your soul must come out. It will manifest itself in the things that you do and how you live in your life. You've heard the phrase, you are known by the company that you keep. Well, that's because if you hang around the wrong company long enough, you begin to act like they do. Their lifestyle is going to influence your lifestyle. 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 through 17. Now, I do a lot of verses because if I mess up too much, then at least I have the word to fall back on, and it's going to line me up because it's infallible. You can't go wrong with the word. Amen. So just deal with my my uh, many scriptures that I have. But, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Notice, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. So they were learning these as a child. They're they're growing up understanding scripture. They're able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished. Unto all good works. Well, we all know the story of David. You've heard every aspect of his life. How he was just a lowly shepherd boy. and Day in and day out his job was to watch and keep sheep. Could you imagine how boring this must have gotten? Watch and keep sheep. Watch and keep sheep. At some point in David's life he realized that he needed to do something with his spare time I'm sure. There was something in David that made him long to give praise to God. And if you don't know about that, read Psalms a little bit. He wrote many of them and its constant praise and how big and magnificent God is, how glorious he is. He was feeding this into himself. Maybe it was because he hadn't been perverted by his society yet, being just a youth and always secluded. Maybe it was the teaching of God that he may have gotten at home as a child. Whatever it was, it was said of David that he was a man after God's own heart. He was a praiser. He would spend his spare time writing and singing songs of praise to God. And I'm going to read a whole psalm. It's David's psalm of praise, Psalm 145, 1 through 21. Just imagine David on the hillside watching his sheep bored out of his mind and thinking, I'm going to make use of this time. I'm going to just start giving God praise. I'm going to write a song. I'm going to pin it down, and I'm going to live by that song. It says, I will extol thee, my God, O king, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and is and searchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the the might of thy terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord. And thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Are you getting a picture? Getting a picture of how he's looking at God and magnifying God. Maybe if we saw God like that we would be considered men and women after God's own heart because he saw him in a spectacular way that a lot of people don't see him as. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And thy dominion endureth for throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him. Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Praise God for a Savior. Amen. Amen. The Lord preserveth all them that love Him. But all the wicked will He destroy. What goes in must come out. He preserves all them that love Him. It's going to come out as love. But all the wicked will be destroyed. Because when they take in wickedness, they're going to bring out wickedness. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just give him a hand clap right now. Thank you, Jesus. As you can see, David surrounded himself with praise, singing and music to God. He could play his harp and sing Seeing and soothe the very vexed soul of Saul, the king of Israel. When you, when you surround yourself with praise, you not only bless yourself, but bring blessings on those around you. How many times have you been in a, a great worship service and, and somebody be sitting like a knot on a log? It makes you kind of think, well, maybe I shouldn't praise because, you know, I'm... I'm or maybe a guest that's come with you and, and you're afraid to worship Because they're sitting there And they're not understanding Well maybe if you began to worship And give God praise That it would just kind of The fire of the Holy Ghost Would kind of burn And just lean over on them And touch them And they begin to worship Because it, it feels normal And it feels natural To praise the King of Kings And the Lord of Lords Hallelujah We need to change our, the way we look and, and think of things sometimes Hallelujah Hallelujah There also came a time in David's life that King Saul was searching David to kill him. David did not let this destroy his promise. He reverted back to praising God through this trial and writing songs of his goodness. This is what David had surrounded himself with, and this is what David became. He consumed praise and worship, and it sustained him through his storms in life. Praises in, praises out. Worship in, worship out. God, I'm going to give you praise no matter what comes our way, God. If I've had a bad day, I'm going to lift you up, Jesus, because you alone deserve it. You watch how your life becomes blessed when you begin to change your mindset to that. Instead of saying, oh, woe is me. I've had such a, a horrible day. Oh, I can't make it. Change your mindset. You put that neg- negativeness in your life, you're going to reap negativeness You don't need that in your life. Give him praise. He was consumed with praise and worship and it sustained him through these times of storm in his life. Hallelujah. Later on when David had become king, Israel brought the ark of the covenant and David danced before the Lord with all his might. He made himself to look foolish before all men, shedding his kingly garments to worship God because he knew God deserved it. The ark represented the spirit of the Lord being bought, brought back home. He couldn't help but to worship God with all his heart because he had spent his life filling it with praise and had it deep down in his heart and soul. He had no choice but to come out. What goes in must come out. Now David had a wife named Michael. Michael, Michael, Mikhail, Michael. Michael. Michael who was the daughter of the backslidden previous king, Saul. She was raised by a father who turned his back on God and was disobedient to God. She had bitterness. She had disdain within her for the things of God and the place, places that she had come from that was placed in her from a very young age. When she saw the ark of the Lord coming back home and King David, her husband, dancing with all his might before the Lord... She ridiculed him as an embarrassment to the kingdom. What went into her soul as a youth came out as rage against the things of God. She didn't understand that when the Spirit of the Lord comes into the camp or when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, we can't help but praise God. He's done so much for us. And I can see David just begin to worship I don't care, Michael. You're just going to have to deal with it. I've got to praise my Lord, my God, for the Spirit of the Lord is coming back into the camp. Hallelujah. We need to see things in a different way. Hallelujah. Praise God. But there also came a time when David took his eyes off the mark for a while. David, by this time, had been anointed the king. And kings in that day would go out to battle, but David was fulfilling his role. He wasn't fulfilling this role at this particular time. He had let let lust into his heart and saw Bathsheba bathing on a rooftop. Long story short, he took her and committed adultery, got her pregnant. He then had her husband killed in battle to hide the deed. He ended up taking her as his own wife after and the prophet, prophet Nathan made him realize his sin. David repented of his sin and went back to writing songs unto God and giving worship. He understood that when you repent of your sins, you worship God and surround yourself with praise, you can be restored. Surround yourself with praise and worship and you'll find that what goes in must come out. It's going to come out. We might make a mistake. We might mess up. But if you put it in, at some point it's going to come back out. Repent. Repent of those things that you've done and come back to God. And you'll find all that stuff that you put in as a child or as you were growing up or as a a young uh, Christian. As you put it into your soul, it's going to begin to come back out as if you never messed up in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. David was exalted to a king because of his heart of praise to God. And God inhabits the praises of his people. If you seek God, you get his attention. If you bless him, he will pour blessings out on you. Praise and worship will make you victorious over the giants in your life. Surround yourself with worshipers. Surround yourself with prayer warriors. Amen. Amen. I am convinced that Some people are miserable because they surround themselves around miserable people. Some are stressed because they allow the wrong influence into their life. Some people get depressed because they hang around depressed people. If you want to be cool, you hang around the cool crowd. If you want to be happy, hang around happy people. If you hang around angry people, guess what you'll be? You will become angry if you hang around blessed people. You will be, you will be blessed. And those who seem strongest in church are those who surround themselves with godly people. They are those who listen to godly music. They are those who read the Word of God on a daily basis. They are those who pray. Life is hard enough. Don't surround yourselves with negativity. First Corinthians. 15 and verse 33, it says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That says it all right there. Now, when I was young, I was raised in church. I I was born into this. It was a a small traditional church, and I was in a a big city. I'll just be honest. We were carnal young people. I'd gotten the Holy Ghost at 7, but I wasn't always led by the Holy Ghost. I had brothers and and family and friends, and myself, we would listen to whatever music that we had on the radio, whatever was popular for the day, a lot of it harder than what was popular for the day. Um, I can remember songs to this day from the 80s, almost word for word, but I can't remember a praise song that I learned last week. Unless the words are on the wall. (laughs) That's how it is. I I had put that junk and that filth into my system when I was young, and if I recall it, it's still there. We got to watch what we put into our system. There was a, a friend I had raised up around, he was a couple years older than me. He was my bad influence. I always talked my mother into letting me go home with him. And I wished I had never had. But there were, uh, there were things that he introduced me to as a young age that you can't get those things out of your mind. They live with you for the rest of your life. And you've got to learn to, to, to depend on God and to turn from that wickedness. And give it all to God and just keep pressing on. Because if you don't, it will sneak right back upon you. Because what goes in is going to come out. So you got to keep yourself prayed up. You got to keep yourself living right. You got to keep the filth away from. We deal with enough filth on a daily basis in this world. We don't need to introduce it back into our lives. Praise God. We have to. We have to keep it at bay. Do the good that we know to do good. I mean, I remember when I moved here. Carnal as I could be. I, I mean, I I felt the call in my life. Uh, didn't realize I was as carnal as I was. When I moved here from the north, for one thing, from the north, uh, moving to the south was a culture shock. And then, because everybody was so friendly, I remember driving down the road and people were waving at me. I was like, I, I don't know them. I mean, do, do I, maybe they're from church or something. Because, I, I mean, everybody waves at everybody. It's just a thing here. But I wasn't used to that. you you get a California hottie up there if you waved at somebody. And so, I, you know, I didn't know how to deal with it. And, and when I came to church, everybody was so genuine. I, there, you've heard it many times, people coming to this place and there's so much love. They're, they're like, I just, I can't believe it, how much love there is in this place. I remember coming to a prayer meeting on, on I think it was Monday nights at that time. And, and uh, coming in and just sitting down and feeling the presence, the Spirit of God so strong. Just a peace that just flooded my soul. And it, everybody was genuine. It was no play whatsoever. I mean, if you saw them in church, that's how they were outside of church. And the family I am married into was uh, amazing. And I was like, I'm a nobody moving into what I consider apostolic royalty. And I'm a nobody. So it, it was all a culture shock to me. And I had to retrain myself. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but. I had to get into the word and see how I'm supposed to live, really, because I did things that that you're not supposed to do, and I wasn't really aware of the the lifestyle I was living, being as carnal as it was. But I was extremely carnal, and it was manifesting because I had put that stuff into me as a child. I remember coming in here one service, worship service, and and I had been listening to. I believe it was before we were married because we, we made a, a commitment together when we got married to no longer listen to worldly music. And that would behoove many of us to do that. Amen? Yeah. Get that stuff out of our system. Um, but I remember coming in here and I had been listening to, to country music all day and, and we're trying to worship and I'm trying to worship and I got here we go, do-si-do. Come on, baby, let's go. And I'm like, no, oh, I want to shout for the Lord. I want the Holy Ghost. But I had that junk flowing through my mind. And I was like, ah. and I realized at that point, that's what I've been feeding into my system. And here it is coming out, coming out. And, and I didn't want that. And thankfully, we, we agreed on to just no longer, we're, we're going to do, uh, do away with that. And so my music, when I listen to it, it's a Christian, it's gospel, it's a black gospel, it's but you're not going to hear the filth that that I used to listen to on a daily basis because I realize what goes in is going to come out at some point. Amen. As a youth and a teenager, I let those negative worldly desires affect me. But from a very young age, even when I was doing dumb stuff, I would read Psalms every night before bed. Basically, because they were the smallest ones. <laughs> I didn't realize that. At the, I mean, I knew that. That was the reason. But I didn't realize what I was doing is reading psalms of praise and worship. So I was feeding that into my soul as well. Even though I had lived a knuckle, like a knucklehead a lot of my life, I was still feeding that junk or that, the scriptures into my life along with that old junk. But you realize the things that you feed... Are the things that's going to come out, you put it into you eventually. You keep feeding that, you keep feeding the spiritual man, and that spiritual stuff's going to start coming out of you. And uh, as I grew older, I realized that the good and the bad, whichever one I fed most, was going to be the one that came out. If you praise him, praise is going to come out, amen. Uh, Psalms 119 9 through 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from my commandment, from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So if you have something hid into your heart, what does that mean? It's been put there. It may be suppressed at the moment. But you begin to worship God. You begin to glorify God. You begin to witness to somebody. And you'll realize, whoa, I'm throwing out scriptures that I didn't think about. It's just in there. And you'll realize that the anointing will flow through you. Because you put it in. Because what goes in must come out. We need to get the word of God deep in our hearts. Read it. Study it. If you want to be confident at giving Bible studies or witnessing about what the Word says, we have to get the Word in our hearts. Memorize the Word. And when the time is right, it will come out. Put the oneness of God deep in your heart with scriptures like Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. We all should know Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. He's giving you the why right here. Because what you put into them as a youth is going to come out when they get older. (laughs) Spirit talks about raising up a child in the right way when they get older. They're not going to depart from it. This is what it's talking about. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Let it be God everywhere. Let it. Be oneness, let it be Jesus' name baptism everywhere. Every, everywhere your kids go, let them hear it, let them see it, let them know that hero is the Lord our God is one. There's no other baptism under man, but under the name of Jesus, we've got to teach it, we got to get it deep in their souls. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We got to get that in their system. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. By who? Jesus. And without Him was none, not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now John 1.14, and the Word was made flesh. The very Word that it was talking about. Who was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Whose glory? The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 10 and 30, Jesus says, I and my Father are one. we got to get it deep down in their hearts. Make them learn these scriptures. They're learning them in in Sunday school because our son will bring home scriptures and and in uh, Bible quizzing. They're bringing home scriptures and they're learning these things. Colossians 2, 8-10. through 10, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him, who? For in Him dwelleth all. Just a little bit, just some of it. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. One God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Put these verses and many more deep down into your heart. Put the truth of the gospel deep down into your heart. To know it. it is the death, the burial, and the resurrection that brought down to man for what well, was brought down to man for the salvation of the soul scriptures like Romans 6 3 and 4 says know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death there's the death burial and therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also shall walk in the newness of life Being raised up through the power of the Holy Ghost. Death, burial, resurrection. That is the gospel. Luke 24, 46 through 47. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Suffering. Dying out to sin. Repentance. When we repent, we are dying out to sin. And to rise from the dead the third day. Filled with the Holy Ghost, praise God, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name. And whose name? Jesus. Repentance and remission of sins among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And now, of course, Acts 2:38 and 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you. To your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Get these scriptures in their souls. Get them in your soul. If you don't know these scriptures, learn them. Get them in because they're going to come out at some point. Somebody that you meet somewhere. They might be hungry for truth. If you don't know it, what are you going to tell them? You've got to know the truth. Get these verses and many other doctrinal verses down deep in your heart that they become readily available in time of need. Now, I'm coming to a close here shortly. Now, there are some that look like they have it all together. There are some that look like they are doing everything right for the most part, seem to surround themselves with good influence, but deep down, they're harboring worldliness. The Bible says at some point, be sure your sin will find you out. Remember, there were 12 disciples and one of those even betrayed Jesus. Could you imagine being one of the 12 and watching God manifest in the flesh as the only begotten Son as he did all the miracles, feeding the 5,000, healing the sick, the lame, the blind, the deaf, casting out devils, raising the dead, walking on water, one who was used to minister to others himself. To go heal others himself. One who seems should have had it all together. But there was something in the life of Judas. That was influencing him. You see he handled the money for the twelve. Maybe it was the influence of money. That caused him to turn. But Judas betrayed the king of kings. And the lord of lords. For his love of money. How do we know that? Because he exchanged Money for, the, for the, the betrayal of Jesus. If you want to see where that can lead you, just look at Washington. <laughs> There's never been such corruption than there is in Washington and it's all about money and power. The love of money will destroy you. 1 Timothy 6, verses 7 through 11. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment Let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men into in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. So if you entertain your wealth, you desire to get wealth, you work just to maintain a wealthy lifestyle. Remember this scripture. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they, had, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. All this time you're chasing that dollar. You're piercing yourself through with many sorrows. You may not even realize, why is my life so miserable? I, I've got plenty of money and, and, and I'm working hard and I should, have, you know, I should be happy. Money's not going to buy you happiness. Only the Spirit of God's going to buy you happiness. Hallelujah. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. See, if you spend your time trying to achieve the wealth, giving giving no time for the things of God, you will find yourself miserable in the end. No matter what you do, no matter what you buy, you're going to find that you're just miserable because that's not where it's at. Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. He already knows what we have need of. You know, you can make it to heaven being poor as the poorest man on the earth and be as happy as all can be because you've got the Spirit of God living within you. And money can't buy that. Money cannot buy that. And they can go live their life full of wealth their whole lives. Die a rich man. And like the rich man in the Bible, looking up from hell and saying, just give me a drip of water on my tongue. What was it worth to have all that wealth? You put it out, it came out, but you never put anything godly in you for it to come out. You never entertained the spirit of God for it to to manifest. You put in wealth, you brought wealth, come to the end of your days and you had nothing. Just like the poor guy. Praise God. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take. I skipped a verse. Go back to 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. All those things that you you have need of. Will be added unto you. You may not be rich. But that's not where happiness is. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We have enough to deal with. Don't worry about the things of the morrow. Put it in God's hands. Let Him deal with it. Hallelujah. What are the things you let speak into your life? Do they edify you? Do you surround yourself with godly people? Do you watch things that you know are contrary to the Word of God? Do you listen to godly music or the filth that this world puts out? People don't backslide overnight. It is a product of a lifestyle of sinful, ungodly, and negative influence that they allow into their lives. And the more they affect them, the more it is exposed and comes out. Do you have habits? They're contrary to God's word. Give them up. But when you give up a habit, it needs to be replaced with something godly. If you leave a void in your life, it will be filled with something. Make sure those voids are replaced with godly influences. Luke eleven twenty four 24 through 26, my last setting of scripture here. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man... He walketh through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. See, at some point that spirit was there because they welcomed it there. At some time, they cleaned their house out, they changed their lives, they made themselves different, new in Christ. But if you allow it to, it will come back with a vengeance. I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Be careful what you influence, what what influences you allow in your life. We've got to remember what goes in, it must come out. Let's all stand. God, we love you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for these precious people, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help something I've said tonight, God, to trigger someone's spirit, God, to realize I've been doing it all wrong. I've been placing things in, in front of you, God, and in place of you, and I've not given you the respect and the praise and the worship that you've desired all this time, God, but I've, I've, I've done it my way, and the things that i put in, that's what I've been getting out, but God help us, Lord, help there to be somebody in this place to realize I need to fill my heart and fill my spirit with the things of God, because that's what really matters. That's the things that's going to come out in the end. That's the things that I need to do. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody pray with me. Hallelujah. Lord, we need you in this place, God. Lord, speak to our hearts, God. Help this word to, to push into somebody's spirit so deep, God, that they can't, they can't live without changing their lives, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, move upon us. God, move upon us right now, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to fill my heart with you, Jesus. Oh God, I want to fill my heart with your love, so that when when I come across others, God, that your love shines through me, God, that they feel your love, God, that they feel your peace, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord, to be ever ready, God, when I'm speaking to somebody with scriptures for truth, Lord, for holiness, Lord, for oneness of God, for the the truth of, of the gospel God that I'm readily able to to minister with words that you've spoken into my soul God because thy word have I hidden my heart God, that I might not sin against you Jesus oh God help me Jesus help me Jesus Lord I thank you Jesus Lord I thank you Jesus lord I thank you God bless your people Lord. bless them right now Jesus bless them right now Lord Jesus Hallelujah If you hadn't realized you've ever been replacing the things that you know to do with things that you shouldn't be doing and in the long run you're beginning to realize that's why I'm struggling with this that's why I can't get past this because you're entertaining the wrong things and you're putting the wrong things within you now you're finding that it manifests. Let's replace those things with godly things, with a godly desire, with the word of God. Put it deep down in your hearts. Watch the Lord move for you. It's, it's a principle that nature, it's it's nature, it's it's a spiritual principle, but what goes in, it must come out. Amen Clear as they said back in the day. Praise God. All right, go in the glory of the Lord. Come again Sunday morning, ready to worship, see what God's going to do. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.